Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. How many is glad today that we have a Savior that never gave up on us? Is everybody glad and thankful for that today? How many is glad today that when it looked like everything was over with, it looked like sickness has got our body, it looked like drugs may have had you, it looked like you was going to lose your family, it looked like you never had anything left, but then there was Jesus. There he was. When you didn't even deserve it. But the blood said that you did. When all hope was lost, but then there he was. And no, he wasn't standing there, Brother Winston, as some mystical creature. He wasn't standing there as something that we just talk about. But he was standing there in the realness and the fullness of his grace and his love. And you say, well, Brother Pat, I don't have everything right with Jesus right now, so how can you say he was there for me if I haven't never met him? Because I want to tell you, he said he never leaves us nor forsakes us, and that he's been with us before even the beginning of the earth and even until the end of the earth. So Jesus has been there for you through it all. And my friend, he's never going to leave you. We may fall in sin. We may fall in doubt. We may fall in shame. We may fall in failure. We may fall in everything that we seem to just not get right. But yet, there is Jesus. When Pastor Cornelius said today that there is a shout of victory and there is victory in this place today, I truly believe the old song, there is victory in Jesus. I don't know about you, but it says I heard an old, old story how a Savior came from glory. I heard an old story, and see, that story wasn't just a bedtime story, Sister Melissa, that we get told before we go to sleep. But that story is a story that talks about a real man, Brother Winston, a real person, somebody that came and died, and they put him in a grave, but the grave couldn't even hold him down. So my friend, what I've came to tell you today is that if the grave couldn't hold Jesus down, your problem can't hold him down either. What I've come to tell you today is if the grave couldn't hold Jesus down, COVID can't hold you down either. What I've come to tell you today is that if the grave couldn't hold Jesus down, your struggle can't hold him down either. Because my word of God says the battle is not mine, but the battle is the Lord's. So before I get into this word, I, I just want to ask everybody, if we could, just for a quick second, let's just stand to our feet. If everybody would, just stand to your feet. Everybody, everybody in this church, to give reverence unto the Lord. How many knows he's worthy of it? Amen. If it's just five seconds of us standing on our feet, he's worthy of it. Has God been good to you today? If God's been good to you today, just clap your hands. Give him a hand clap of praise. Give him a shout of glory. If God has saved you, give him something that you have on the inside of you because he's worthy of it. See, we've got in this situation as a church and as people where we come and we do what we're supposed to do, but that is it. 
but God's looking for a generation right now a generation and I see this generation God told me to mention ignite and tell you guys to keep pushing keep striving and never give up because the job y'all are doing it's gonna bring what y'all been praying for sister Melissa in this church it's gonna come God's looking for a generation that's gonna push that's gonna give him more give him just a little more even if it's another second just give him another second so right now I just want us to go into prayer. If you have a heavenly language, I, I ask you please to just lift it up to the Lord right now. I just want you, if you got any problem in your life, just give it to Jesus right now. Lay it down at him right now, and we're about to pray. We want to pray for this service. We want to pray for our family members. But most of all, we want to give thanks to God. Hallelujah. Just settle in his presence. watching on the live stream wherever you're at right now just pray where you are just close your eyes I believe the Holy Spirit is going to come and touch you right in your living room right in the hospital bed wherever you may be right now I believe the Holy Spirit is going to come and touch you people in the church the Holy Spirit is in front of us right now this very second the Lord said if thou shalt believe thou shalt receive if thou seek you shall find for I am near, thus saith the Lord. For I am close, thus saith the Lord. For where two or more are gathered in my name, for I am in the midst. Father God, God, we don't have anybody else. God, we don't have anything else that we can turn to at this moment. God, everything else can't do anything for us. God, no praise to nothing else, no worship to nothing else. But God, you can heal. Father, you can save. You can replenish. And you can deliver. Father God, we lay our souls at your feet today. God, if there be anything in us, we just ask you to purify our hearts sanctify our minds let our eyes not be on man today God but let them be on you God anoint this word God and let somebody get something out of it please Lord Lord if there be a lost soul in this house Jesus I ask right now that you go and you have an encounter with them Lord Jesus in the midst of your word being spoke Lord Jesus I pray God if somebody's battling depression or anxiety Lord you said be anxious for nothing Lord I believe Jesus that you're gonna go and you're gonna break them chains off right now God I pray that you send angels in the spirit realm God to have an attack against the prince of Persia today and that you break every attack that the enemy has thrown against us right now Lord Jesus we claim our victory we claim our healing we claim our deliverance we claim our salvation we claim our family members being saved, Jesus, because we believe, Lord. You said you would do it, God, and we stand upon your word. We stand upon your word. Everybody look up to God and just say, God, I stand upon your word. God, I stand upon your word. God, I believe. God, I believe.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look over at your neighbor and say, I am a child of God, and no weapon formed against me or my family shall prosper but meet defeat. Hallelujah. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. You can have your seat. So first of all, I just want to say that I'm very honored to be up here in front of you all today. Um, I also want to say thank you to Pastor Cornelius and Sister Judy, Pastor Judy, for everything that they do for this church and all of its people. They are great men and women of God. If y'all could give your pastors a hand clap of praise. I'm a man of honor, and, and I believe, you know, honor, give honor where it's due. And, and, you know, I thank them. Also, give yourself a hand clap of praise. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for the congregation, there would be no church. Hallelujah. So I want to thank everybody here, man. Ever since me and my wife's been coming to this church, man, y'all just made us feel welcome, you know. I ain't going to lie, y'all. I was a little nervous before I came here the first time because I was like, man, I, I hope they like me, you know. And then God told me, you know, we're God's people. We're supposed to love everybody. He said, they'll love you. Don't have no fear. So, man, I just want to thank y'all so much for just bringing us in like family and just making us welcome. So we appreciate that. And finally, if y'all could give my wife and my child a, a hand clap of praise. Y'all, I'm so thankful for them. Uh, man, that little baby's changed my life so much. My wife, I still don't know how she's putting up with me because <laughs> if you know me, I'm hyper all the time. So I know sometimes I'm bouncing around in that house and she's just like, I wish he would take a chill pill. Amen. So if you don't know me, my name's Brother Patrick Stanley. Um, I grew up in Sutronelle, Alabama. Um, at 17 years old, I left home for the U.S. Army, went to the Army, and uh, for four months, uh, during basic training, I was saved. I was living for the Lord. Uh, through basic training, I, I went through a lot, of, a lot of struggle. And when I say struggle, I mean a lot of people was, was down in my faith in God. Uh, a lot of people, how many knows we're living in a wicked world right now? They have no respect for God anymore. This world has no respect for the Lord. And it isn't the people. It's the, the, the lies that Satan has put inside of the people. I still believe that God will save the people. Even if they have sinned, I believe God will save them because I was a sinner myself. Amen. So during basic training, a lot of people was making fun of me for believing in God. A lot of people made fun of me because I wouldn't say a cuss word in the army. A lot of people made fun of me because I just always would pray at nighttime. And I would, whenever we would call our parents, I'd call my mom. And instead of talking about training, I'd be talking about her praying for me and God. And, you know, they made fun of me before because of it. And it, and it really hurt me because the people that I would be fighting for my life beside you know, they, they didn't respect the God that was protecting us to begin with. But that's when God told me he still loves them and is going to protect them anyways because of his mercy and his grace. So I went through the army, and on graduation day, pride took a hold to me. How many knows pride goes before destruction and a hearty heart before the fall? A prideful heart will break down your faith. And will literally make you think that you can do it all on your own. But how many knows that we can't do anything on our own? 
So pride took a hold to me, and I began to think that I'm going to be all right. I'm, gonna, I'm this mighty macho soldier, and I can, I can uh, survive on my own. And if anybody ever tried me, I know every training in the world, and they can't hurt me. But you know what? I was looking in the flesh. But see, I wasn't thinking about Satan hurting me. So as I go through the army on September uh, the 5th, I believe, of 2016, I was headed home from Fort Benning, Georgia, and I got into a bad vehicle accident. I mean, the car had flipped three or four times. They found it upside down in a ditch, and I was laying on the side of the road. Someone came along, and they was driving in a truck, and they found me on the side of the road, and they got my phone, and they called my mom. They were able to get into the emergency contacts, call my mom, and let her know. At 2 o'clock, this happened. At 1.50, a paintball gun in my bedroom had fell off the closet, and my mom knew something was going on, so she didn't know what it was, but she just began to pray. She didn't know that 10 minutes later I would be getting in a vehicle accident and that Satan was trying to take my life. How many knows that the enemy is trying to kill you? That is his job. That's what he wants to do. But how many also knows that when the blood of Jesus is applied to your life, he can't touch you? You know, I was talking to my boss the other day, and he told me the story of Job and how Job came to the meeting of angels with God and how God asked him what he had been doing, and Satan told him he was going to and fro the ends of the earth, seeking whom he may devour. And God told him, uh, you know, Satan thought he could separate Job from God. How many knows that Satan's trying to separate you from God? See, Satan's whole purpose is to send you into his punishment with him because he can't be redeemed. He's already failed, and the blood can't be applied to your life. But, my friend, the blood can be applied to your life. One step today could change your life forever. One prayer today could change your life forever. Well, you say, Brother Pat, I've already given my life to Jesus. Well, today, one second, could, you could give your life back to Jesus, and you can walk with him forever, and everything can change today. So God told Satan, you can take everything from him but his life. Satan took everything from Job. But Job looked Satan in the eyes, and he told him, even though you slay me, yet I'll still serve the Lord. I believe that God is telling us today, choose this day whom you shall serve. If you serve God, then serve God. If you serve Baal, then serve Baal. Choose this day whom you shall serve. But today, if you choose God, if you choose Jesus, ye shall choose life. If you choose the way, the truth, and the life, ye shall live eternal and forevermore. You can choose that today. Jesus loves you, my friend. So after the car wreck, I didn't die. I got done. I went back into the Army. I had surgery. And that next summer, me and my friends went to a party at a club, and there was a shootout. And I actually was in the shootout. Ended up getting arrested. So there I am at 19 years old. I'm facing charges for attempted murder, discharge of a firearm within city limits, and reckless conduct. 15, 20 years right there if I'm proven guilty. Like that. In the blink of an eye, Satan tries to steal your purpose. But how many knows that God says the purpose remains among your life? So I asked my mom to be praying. I said, Mom, will you pre please be praying? I don't want to go to jail. I'm not ready for prison, Mom. I mean, I mean, look at me. What do you, I mean, you think I could really survive in prison? No. So I was like, Mom, be praying for me. And my mom and dad, they went to this uh, Billy Graham conference in North Carolina, and they got all the prayer warriors in the Billy Graham conference to begin to pray. Well, that next week, I was going to court. We went to court, and I'm going in to, to plea. 
guilty or not guilty. And if I'm not guilty, you know, plea not guilty, we'll go into trial. So I was going in, and I was going to plea Nola contender. I was just going to take it. Whatever it was, I was going to take it. I was hoping that my attorney could work out a, a deal. Well, the attorney came walking in, and me and my mom is there, and I began to, to cry a little bit, and then I saw my mom cry. You know, that hurt me deep down inside because my mom had showed me the way my whole life. She raised me up to be a, 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 a great man, and I want to tell you moms, man, it, you, you've raised your children up. You know, it, it isn't on you. See, what they're having to go through right now is for a greater purpose and a greater reason. See, the other week, Pastor was talking about Jonah and the whale. See, the whale swallowed up Jonah, but Jonah was in that ocean. If it wouldn't have been for that whale, Jonah would have drowned. So I thank God today for my whale. Thank God today for your whale, and thank God for everything that's ever tried to stop you and bring you down and send you to the pits of hell. Because if it wasn't for that whale, I would have no testimony. Hallelujah. So thank God for your struggles. Thank God for your trials. But thank God that he brought you through your struggles and your trials. So the attorney walked in, and he walked up to my mom, and he, he had this look on his face. Pastor, he was very, like, smiley, and I've never seen him like this before because he was such a straightforward man. And he walked up to my mom, and he said, Miss Valentine, I don't know what you've been doing. But all the charges on your son has been dismissed. So on that day, y'all, God intervened and came through and dropped all the charges on my life. So what the moral of the story is, see, we're guilty of sin. So guilty. We're guilty of so many things. But the moral of the story is the blood of Jesus has been shed. So the punishment has already happened. So all you have to do is pray, Brother Winston, and all the charges on your life will be dismissed. That's the moral of the story. So after that happened, I, I, went to the, I was in the Army for just a little longer. And I ended up getting injured jumping out of planes in airborne school. So I decided to, to get out. And I got out and I came back home. And at first I was doing fairly well. I was going to school at University of South Alabama. I was making good grades, straight A's. And, uh, you know, I just was doing great. And then that's whenever uh, uh, marijuana was introduced to me at University of South Alabama. And um, I begin to see the guys with the fast cars. I begin to see the guys with the money and the clothes and the women. And, and you know, the devil, he, he'll tempt you with worldly things. But how many knows that the worldly things are things that's going to pass? All them cars, man, all that money, all that, it could be here today and gone tomorrow. You know, yesterday God had told me, why live for something that's going to pass away when you can live for something that's going to be forever? We don't want to, we don't have to live, you know, and, and we, we, we can have nice things. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying if we're chasing it in the wrong way, it's going to pass away. So drug dealing began to get introduced into my life, and I began to sell drugs at the campus. I began to sell drugs around this community, and I was doing fairly well, but then the drugs took a hold to my life, and I began to do them. And then they began to destroy me. Satan was slowly destroying me, slowly and slowly. But my mom, there she goes again. I thank God for my mama. There she goes again, praying and interceding. One year goes by. Patrick's still out there. Two years, three years, four years. Patrick's still out there. Five years, y'all. Five long, hard years of a mama on her knees interceding. 
praying, speaking in tongues, believing and claiming. One day on September the 22nd of last year, I woke up at 7 o'clock in the morning. I was going for my daily job. That afternoon, I was going to go down to Pritchard, Alabama, and I was going to pick up a load of marijuana to sell and make my money for the week. I woke up at 7 o'clock, Brother Winston, and I began to jog. I jogged down the road, and I jogged to the end of the road right there where the fire department is, right there in Porch. How many knows what I'm talking about? Right there where the new fire department is. Well, I stood there, and I, I looked to my left, and I looked to my right, and I was like, well, where do I run now? You know, I, I didn't know where to run, and I seen a little bitty white church. Standing there in the distance. No church service was going on. It's a Tuesday morning, you know, and, and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to run to this church. I'll turn around at the church, you know. And, boy, there was my, that's <laughs> where God was getting, yeah, go on to that church, boy, right there. So I begin to run, and there I go, and I'm not thinking nothing of it. I'm looking, listening to my worldly music, and I get to the church, and, y'all, as soon as I stepped on the ground, something overcame me. And something just touched me and told me, now is the time. I want to tell you, my friend, today, now is the time. You may be one, you may be 60, you may be 70. You're still breathing. You still have lungs. You still have breath in you. And I'm telling you, today is the day of salvation, and now is the time. Well, Brother Pat, I want that fire and I want that ministry. Well, my friend, it ain't too late. Today is the day of salvation and now is the time. Today is the day of new beginnings. And don't despise the small ones because the small ones can turn out to be the greatest ones. So I walked around for 10 minutes and I didn't know what to say. And I looked up and I've prayed the prayer of salvation probably a hundred times, Sister Sandy. I've gave my life, been back and forth. How many knows God said he's married to the backslider? That means he'll never let you go. You can backslide all you want, but he who started a good work in you, Brother Winston, is sure to complete it. He will complete the work in your life. So I begin to walk around and ten minutes later, God finally seen, you know, okay, he's for real this time. Y'all, I was done. I was done with driving around cars with no front end. I was done with sleeping in love's parking lots and parking garages. I was done with having to chase a high just to get a feeling that I needed. I was done trying to find love in my heart whenever I couldn't even know how to love myself. And I was done doing my family wrong. But there was nothing that I could do to change my life at that moment because I had tried to quit drugs before. But every time I would go back to them, every time I would pick up the bottle of liquor, every time I would go and snort some cocaine or drink some lean. But I knew, I knew there was one thing, Brother Winston, that I, hasn't, I haven't tried since I had been in the world on drugs, alcohol, and all of them things. And that was Jesus. That was the one thing that I haven't tried yet. And then I remembered the old scripture that my mom used to tell me. And see, I'm a very picky eater. I won't just eat anything. How many knows in order to know if you like something or not, you got to taste it and try it. And then I remembered that scripture, Pastor Cornelius, that my mom would tell me, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I remembered, and I saw a little bitty cross, Brother Winston, on that sign of that church. And the Lord spoke to me and said, today if you want to give your life to me, kneel down at the foot of my cross and I will change you forever. My friend, he will change you forever. 
The anointing on your life will carry. And people that you think would not like you because you're saved, they'll begin to come to you and ask you to pray and ask you for help. So it doesn't matter what your friends think, my friend. Because at the end of the day, your friends, if they're really your friend, they will respect and love you for the decision that you have made. So I dropped down onto my feet at that cross. And I said, Lord Jesus, I can't do it anymore. I can't make it on my own. And if you don't come and change me today, I'm going to die. Please save my soul. And I felt rain fall upon my head. I felt the blood roll down my skin, Brother Winston. I felt my heart begin to get put back together. And I felt a fire rise up on the inside of me that I have never felt before. So I've told you my testimony today to let you know that there is hope for your life. There is hope for your family. There is hope for your children. And it don't matter if it's one year or five years. They will come to the Lord. You keep praying. You keep believing. And I promise you, if you'll make that choice today to give your life to Jesus and bow at the foot of the cross he will change you forever that he will do so if we could let's turn our Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 18 and I won't be before you long because I believe that God is wanting to do something in this place today I believe God is asking us to come back to his feet how many knows that at any if any time in today's day God wants the church to come back to his feet. See, the enemy's out to get the church. Just as Jezebel was out to get the prophets of God. See, Jezebel hated the prophets of God. Ahab did whatever Jezebel said. It's time for us men. Mm. Hit me right in my heart to make the decisions for your family. It's time for us men to lead our household. And I don't mean lead them as in finding a good job and getting 401K and life insurance. I mean leading your family into the pathway of righteousness. I mean leading your family and showing them what holiness is and showing your little children how to pray. Even if it's just God touch me in Jesus' name. Jezebel hated the prophets of God. And I'm going to get into this story, but before I get into it and read, I just want to give you a little backdrop of what was going on before I get into this. So what was going on here is Elijah, the prophet of God, he was kind of weary about what to do about this situation, but he knew he had to go. So Jezebel had been slaying the prophets of God. She had been killing them. And Obadiah, (laughs) I love Obadiah. There's something about Obadiah. He was taking care of the prophets of God, hiding them out so Jezebel and Ahab couldn't get them. It was like 150 he was hiding. Well, Elijah came to Obadiah, and he was pretty much asking him, you know, what what you been doing? And Obadiah had told him, you know, don't you know that Jezebel, she's been slaying the prophets of God, and I've been hiding God's prophets out. I've been feeding them, been doing these things. And Elijah said, well, you, you know what? You show me pretty much, and I'm paraphrasing here, you show me where You know, Ahab and Jezebel is. Tell them that I want to see them. I want to go before the people of Israel. So Elijah told Obadiah to tell him that, and Ahab came, and uh, and Elijah told Ahab, go get the prophets of Baal. Go get the 450 prophets of Baal. 
Go get all those that don't believe in my God, those that serve Baal, and bring them here. And what we're going to do, we're going to have a standoff. We're going to see whose God is going to come through here. So what I'm telling you today, church, is our God is the victorious God. See, it's been written. God has already won everything over your life. But you got to let him lead you to victory. I seen a man running track, and he was blind. And there was another man that was tied to him. And they were running, but they were running at the same pace, one step at a time. I believe that's how Jesus will do with us. If we'll let him tie his rope to us, we can't see on our own. We can't figure things out on our own. But if we'll let him tie that rope to us, he'll run with us. Left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. And see, I heard in the Bible it says I'm, I finished this race. And I believe when that man of God finished that race that he had finished in victory. So let's read right here in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 30 through 40. And when you get there, say amen. Hallelujah. Is everybody glad you can make it to church today? Amen. Amen. If we could on the count of three, let's just say Jesus. One, two, three. Verse 30. And Elijah said unto all the people, come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the son of Jacob. Or unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, Fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and the wood. And he said, do it the second time, and they did it the second time. And he said, do it the third time, and they did it the third time. How many knows that it may take one, it may take two, it may take three times, but at the end of the day, you do it as many times as God says. So he did it three times, and they did it the third time, and the water ran about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known that this day thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Y'all, then it goes to say this. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust. But it didn't stop there. Guess what it did? It licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. And Elijah said unto them, take the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. 
and they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishon, and he slew them there. Every person that was just praying to their God, the prophets of Baal, this was before Elijah prayed. They was praying to, the, to Baal, and they were saying, Oh, Lord, Baal, our God, please f- uh, fill the fire upon our sacrifice. Please fall down upon our sacrifice. They was, the Bible says they was even cutting themselves. They were killing their babies and everything else. Does that sound familiar? Abortion? See, there's many prophets of Baal out here today. See, these prophets of Baal, they were slewed. I believe that the blood of Jesus can save some people out there that's serving Baal right now. But see, what the revelation God had gave me, Pastor Cornelius, is in this case, for us, the prophets of Baal is Satan and his demonic forces. And what Satan and his demonic forces are doing is they're pretty much praying to themselves and they're proceeding doubt and this lie into our heads that if I just get everything right on my own, that I will have some power. But see, that's not the case. So what I've seen in this revelation is that every person and everything that is coming against your life, see, what Elijah did is first he had to go to the altar. That was broken down. How many knows that the enemy has tried to break the altar down in our churches? Some churches, and Lord knows I ain't condemning, but some churches don't even have an altar anymore. The altar's been broken down. Well, Brother Pat, the altar ain't a physical thing. You're right. But can you believe this? Some people don't even believe in praying anymore. And no, it's not their fault. It's the enemy's fault because he's put this culturistic, legalistic mindset into God's people. And he's told them that if you just do your your orderly things and do it this way, that you'll still get the power of God. But see, my friend, that's not the case. What Elijah did is he went to the altar that was broken down. How many is broken down today? How many feels broken down and feels like in this past month that COVID has hit your family, COVID has hit your life, and things, finances is hitting your family and hitting your life, and you just feel like Satan is breaking down everything in you. But see, in this case, Elijah ain't coming to the altar. Jesus is coming to your life to rebuild it. See, Elijah came to the altar and rebuilt it. But see, what Jesus will do today, he will come into your life and he rebuild it. See, what your spirit is, what your life is, is a living sacrifice unto the Lord. Paul said it like this. We are to present ourselves as a holy and righteous sacrifice, a living sacrifice, pleasing and acceptable unto the Lord. Your life is a sacrifice. Your life is also an altar. With inside of you, there is an altar placed in your life that if you'll go unto it and pray, the sacrifice of the lamb was already placed, and your life is just an extra sacrifice showing God that I don't care what I have to do. I will lay it all down at your feet. All I need is you to come through for me. And he will every time. So Jesus will come to your altar and he rebuilt it. So what does it say? It says he took 12 stones. How many has some kind of rock in your life that's came? How many knows a rock in a hard place? 
How many has a, a stumbling stone that you've stepped on, whether it was drugs, alcohol, or a bad relationship, or something that's came upon your life? Everybody in here, right? Just about. We've all had some problems. I believe that them stones, Brother Destin, is, is pretty much them same stumbling blocks, them same stones that has tried to put us in a hard place. See, what I believe that God is telling us today is I will take them stones, the same stones that has tried to stop you from getting to my altar, and I will take them stones and I will build your altar with it. Everything that's tried to stop me, everything that's tried to bring me down, everything that's tried to destroy my soul and destroy my life, God is going to take it, what the enemy meant for evil, and use it for good. I don't know about you, but that makes me a little excited. Because I understand the drugs and the alcohol and and and. All them things of how they can tear you down and how they can destroy you. I understand it. And I get it. It, it is hard, man. It is. But my friend, if you'll just let God take it. See, God ain't going to force himself on you. But if you'll give it to him. If you'll just say, you know what, God? I'm going to give it to you. He'll take it and he'll build an altar. So then what does it say? It says that he, he took the bullocks and he cut it into pieces. See, what I believe that them bullocks was, I believe it, you know, it was some type of animal. It was something. It was a bullock. I believe that them bullocks is the Lamb of God. That's the revelation that God was giving me. And what they did to Jesus Christ, who is the Lamb of God, they begin to whoop him with stripes. And how many knows I believe that the stripes of Jesus Christ wasn't just no little bitty switches. I believe that his skin was ripped apart, ripped open. There was gashes in his skin, and he did it all for you. So I believe that the skin was ripped apart, but I believe that through every stripe, yes, it was hurting Jesus. Yes, he was in pain, but I believe with every stripe, he was saying, Bailey, Hannah, Corey, Cornelius, Sherry, Libby. Deborah, Sandy, Emily, Brianna, Taya, Linda. I believe that every time Jesus was getting hit, he was thinking about your name. I believe that every time Jesus was getting struck, he was saying, you know what? It does hurt a little bit. But God, I asked you to take this cup from me. But if you won't take it from me, I'm going to go through it because I love them. Every stripe was for your healing. Every stripe was for your soul. Every stripe he went through for you because he loves you. Lord, I failed you. That's okay. I love you. Lord, I almost gave up. That's okay. I love you. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get out this hospital bed. That's okay. I love you. Because when I speak, the Lord, when the Lord speaks, the winds and the waves have to obey him. So even if the winds and the waves have to obey him, COVID has to obey him. Even if the winds and the waves have to obey him, the demons on your children's life has to obey him. Even if the winds and waves have to obey him, everything that has breath must praise ye the Lord. Your life can change forever for the better. And then it says that Elijah prayed. I believe today. And it's amazing how Pastor Cornelius said that at the end of the service, we're going to pray. Because that's exactly what I was going to do is get 
to see if everybody would come to the altar and pray. Because I believe today God wants us, as children of God, to build an altar in our lives. I believe God wants us today to just go to his feet, call upon his name and say, Lord, I'm your servant. I believe in your word. I live by your word. Please show these people, but God, show me also. And he's not a man who has to be tested. He's not a man who has to be tempted. But he loves you so much that if you'll ask him to show you he is God, he will come down and he will set something on the inside of you and he will show you, just as my sister said, I am who I say I am. See, Moses came up to that burning bush and Moses came up to it and he had to take his shoes off because he was standing on holy ground. And God began to tell him, Brother Winston, it's your time. You got to go to Egypt and you got to set my people free. And Moses was pretty much telling him, God, I can't even speak straight. And I think that's about like me I can't even speak straight so what am I gonna say and God told him you ain't got to say anything all you got to do is go and tell them I am that I am so what I believe today brother Winston that God is telling us is he is your healing he is your breakthrough he is your deliverance he is your family making it to heaven he is your righteousness he is your holiness and he is the fire that can be put in your life and never be put out but you got to come to the altar. You got to build an altar. And all you got to do is make a request. He said, make your request known. Seek and you shall find. Ask and you'll receive. All you got to do is pray. Well, Brother Pat, I'm afraid that if I pray today and I make this decision that I'm going to slip up tomorrow. The Bible says to let tomorrow take care of tomorrow but now is the time for such a time as this the Bible says that the Lord is seeking true worshipers but the hour cometh and now is where the Lord is seeking true worshipers that will put their faith in him aren't we ready to just say you know what I'm tired of sitting back I'm tired of getting defeated I'm tired of not being able to break this curse. I'm tired of slipping up, hearing this one little song or saying this one little bad word. I'm tired of it. You know what? Today, God, I'm going to ask you in the name of Jesus to set me free. Deliver me. Build a fire in my life that cannot be put out. God, I don't care who's looking around me. Lord Jesus, I don't care who's in the crowd. All I care about, Lord Jesus, is coming to you and touching that garment. Because that's where my healing is. That's where my breakthrough is.